This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Praise God. Thank you for inviting us into your home. From our home to yours. I believe this message will encourage your heart today. God has promised to provide for His children is the title, and this is the final part in our four-part series. God has promised to provide for His children. We're living in a world that's filled with challenges, fears, concerns, and many worries right now, worse than ever. And one thing we need to know is that God will take care of us and financially provide for us. That's only going to happen if we believe it. If we believe it. So my goal and desire today by the Spirit of God is to bring your heart to a place where you can believe that God wants to provide for you. And I believe that'll happen. When King David was dying of old age, he handed the kingdom over to his son Solomon. David instructed Solomon to build a temple for the Lord. David gave Solomon 280 million dollars worth of gold towards the building of the temple. And then David gave Solomon two billion six hundred eighty-eight million dollars worth of silver towards the building of the temple. The total amount that David gave from his personal savings was twenty billion dollars worth. The people of Israel, the citizens of the nation, received an offering for the building of the Lord's temple. And they gave Solomon 3,840 billion dollars worth of gold and silver. Imagine that. 3,840 billion dollars worth of gold and silver. Now this information comes from the Nelson Study Bible the New King James Translation, and you can turn to 1 Chronicles 29 verse 5, and that's where you'll find that reference. All right, now, God says in Haggai chapter 2 and verse 8, The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. So what's going on here? God is speaking through the prophet Haggai. And Haggai is probably standing outside of Solomon's temple that's being rebuilt. Because 70 years before this, Solomon's temple was destroyed by the Babylonians And the Israelites were taken off to Babylon as slaves for 70 years. 
they were released and now they came back home and now they are rebuilding this temple that was destroyed. And the prophet says that this temple now will have more glory than the former one. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former. And he says, the silver is mine, the gold is mine, so I'll take care of this. <laughs> That's what God said. Well, did it happen? No, it didn't. That rebuilt temple never came close to the glory of the original temple that Solomon built. We just heard how much money was spent on the original temple. There was no building on earth ever built with more money than that temple of Solomon. And there will never be. So if that's the case, was the prophet wrong? Why was God saying that this temple will have more glory than the former? If God is prepared to spend more than, I'll come to that question, I'll answer that. If God is prepared to spend more than $3,840 billion on Solomon's temple, why would he not want to spend at least some money on the temple of today, which is God's temple, the church? 1 Corinthians 3.16 tells us you and I are the temple of God. And Solomon's temple is actually just a type, a shadow of the true temple, which is the church. The church is the substance that casts the shadow. Christianity is the substance. Christ is the substance. The cross is the substance. Solomon's temple built many years before Calvary is a type and a shadow and example of the church's temple, you and us, you and me. So my question to you is, if God is prepared to spend that much money on a building, why is he not prepared to spend at least some money on the new temple, the church, on Christians, to bless Christians, to make us successful, prosperous, and a blessing to others today? Since the glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, the Lord Jesus told us that if we live right and put his work first and trust in him as a merciful God, that he would provide for us. Jesus said that in Matthew 6.31. Watch this. Don't worry about having enough food or drink or clothing. Why be like the pagans who are so deeply concerned about these things? Your Heavenly Father already knows all your needs. And God will give you all you need from day to day if you'll live for Him and make the kingdom of God your primary concern. So the Father is saying, if you'll live for me, and serve me, work in my kingdom, serve me, that I will make sure you are taken care of and all you need to be met. Now, so I would recommend we keep that verse, meditate on that verse. One reason believers need to be successful is 
so we can become an instrument of blessing in the hand of God. We want to be an instrument of blessing in the hand of God. How's that going to happen if God doesn't provide for us to meet our need? If God is prepared to spend that much money on a building, He is prepared to spend money on us, His children, who are the temple of today. So He can use us for His glory, bring honor to His name. So we can become an instrument of blessing. God is a blesser. He wants to bless humanity. The devil is the thief, the liar, and the robber, right? God came to give us abundant life. God can do that through you and me. If he blesses us, we can be a blessing to our neighbor. We should allow him to do it for us. God longs to bless people through you and through me. Let's go on reading from 1 Kings 10 verse 14. Each year Solomon received about 25 tons of gold. This did not include the additional revenue he received from the merchants and traders, all the kings of Arabia and the governors of the land. People from every nation came to visit King Solomon and to hear the wisdom God had given to him. Year after year, Everyone who had come to visit brought him gifts of silver and gold, clothing, weapons, spices, horses, and mules. That's God's grace in action, family of God. That has nothing to do with Solomon. God blessed Solomon it had nothing to do with Solomon. God came to Solomon and he said, What can I give you? And Solomon replied, I need wisdom to govern your people. And God said, I'll give you wisdom and I'll give you riches. And God did it. God said he would and God did. Why do people of every nation bring gifts to Solomon of gold and silver, etc., etc. Why did they do that? The reason, they can see that God is working in Solomon's life. They understood that by supporting what God was doing, God's blessing would come on them. They understood that. And we can see that in the Bible in the New Testament. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. I'm reading from the Amplified Translation. God says, remember this. He who sows sparingly and grudgingly will also reap sparingly and grudgingly. And he who sows generously that blessing may come to someone will also reap generously and with blessing. Let each one give as he has made up his own mind and purpose in his own heart, not reluctantly or sorrowfully or under compulsion, for God loves, takes pleasure in, prizes above other things, and is unwilling to abandon or do without. A cheerful, joyous, prompt-to-do-it giver, whose heart 
is in his giving. And God is able to make all grace and every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Wow. That's an amazing, incredible promise from God. Let's, let's meditate on this for a moment. God said to those who give cheerfully, He said that He's able to make all grace and every favor and earthly blessing come to us in abundance. Now that, child of God, is the blessing that was on Solomon. Every grace, all grace, every favor, and every earthly blessing come to us in abundance. All he's saying, I want you to receive my blessing, my grace in your life, and I want you to share it. Share my grace with others. Help people, bless people, encourage people, and give people gifts. And especially to the gospel for their salvation, for salvation of souls. And he says, whatever the need, you'll be self-sufficient. In every circumstance. So whatever the condition of the world is right now, we believe it's going to improve in the name of Jesus. But even if it doesn't, if it gets worse, God is saying, whatever the need may be, you will be self-sufficient. You won't be, you won't be, uh, you'll have self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Wow, that's powerful. Well, Pastor Bev and I have believed that, and have always practiced this verse, and support the gospel and given to the work of God through the years. And I can assure you right now, it's worked for us. It's worked for us. I have a question. Does this grace and favor and earthly blessing that God's talking about here to the cheerful giver. Does that include the blessing that God gave to Solomon? Yes, it does. It sure does. All grace and every favor would include what Solomon had. Now let's go to Hebrews 11, verse 6. So you see, it is impossible to please God without faith say that. It's impossible to please God without faith. It takes faith to sow and give because you believe God is your blesser, your provider, and His mercy is on your life to protect you and provide for you. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. So you see, it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to God must believe that there is a God and that He rewards those who sincerely seek Him. We've got to believe that God is a rewarder. 
We've got to believe that God is a rewarder. And that would be faith. If you believe God is a rewarder, that's faith. You're exercising faith. So it's impossible to please God without faith. We need to believe what God says. When God says, I want to bless you, I want to provide for you, let's believe that. And when we do, we're pleasing God, child of God. If I believe God wants to bless me, I'm pleasing God. If I believe God wants to take care of me, I'm, I'm pleasing God. Yes, God has promised to provide for his children. I didn't say God's going to make you all multimillionaires. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not implying that. But I am implying, and I do believe, whatever God has purposed for you to accomplish in your life, he's going to provide for you to get the job done. No one's going to employ a secretary and not give them a desk, a computer, a chair, a phone, etc. And God's not going to give us a destiny, a purpose in this life, without providing for us to accomplish that purpose. We need to accept that. God wants to bless us to carry on working for him. Now, if we'll dare to follow the advice that God is giving us in his word, our lives will improve. All right, let's go to Isaiah 48, verse 17. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the one that purchased you, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God, who teaches you to profit, who leads you by the way you should go. So God wants us to profit. <laughs> That's what he's saying. And how does he make it happen for us? He said, I'll teach you. I'll teach you. I'll train you. So how does that happen? Teaching us through the Bible. Which means then that, prophecy, that success and profit, doing well in life, comes through the Word. Everything we receive from God comes through the Word. Amen. And He wants you to profit. He didn't say, I'm going to teach you to fail. I'm going to teach you to be the greatest loser. I'm going to teach you to profit. Praise God. And we're going to wrap up our series right there with that verse. Remember, whatever happens in life, God mentioned all the times in the scriptures, and there are many others, where he blessed people and the financial blessings are recorded. Why? Because financial blessings are important to God because he gives it to us and he wants us to know about it. If you give an expensive gift to somebody that you had to work six months to buy, you'd want them to know you bought it for them and you'd hope that they enjoy it and love it and appreciate it. Imagine that turn and said to you, I'm too humble to take this gift, or I don't deserve the gift, or they just left the gift and walked off. That would not be very nice. You'd not be happy about that. Well, God paid an awesome price on the cross to purchase us salvation, healing, prosperity, and everything we need in life. 
That's value what he paid so we can be blessed. And that's accepted humbly, with gratitude, and where we can, let's pass it on to others. Be a blessing. Don't just get blessed, but be a blessing. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. How many of you here today heard this message and realized that you don't know the Lord Jesus, but you'd like to know Him? You want to be sure you're going to heaven? If you do, please say this little prayer with me. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross and taking my punishment for my sins. I ask you to forgive me, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come into my heart and save my life. Thank you, Jesus. I declare you are the Lord of my life and I'll live for you with all my heart until I see you on that glorious day in heaven. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me and cleansing me from my sins. All right, we love you. Pastor Bev and I are praying for you. And from the staff of Christian Family Church, San Antonio, Janisburg, to wherever you may be in the world, we love you all. God bless you. Hope to see you very soon. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. 